0: Today on Krina and Kirsten Get to Work, we're talking about fear. Don't turn us off. Stay tuned. It's going to be okay. We listen in. We <laughs> promise.
1: Welcome to Krina and Kirsten Get to Work. I'm Karina Hoyer. And I'm Kirsten Barron. And we're so happy that you've joined us today. As Kirsten said, we're here to talk about fear yikes who doesn't love talking about their fears it's gonna be good it's gonna be so it's gonna good be so good don't be afraid, don't be afraid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and here we are and why are we talking about fear because we want all of the listeners all of our friends out there to have ease meaning and joy at work and what better way to do that than confront your fears hmm but before we do that, my friend, we do have a little bit of business to attend to, most notably letting our friends know that we are recording from the land of the Coast Salish people.
0: And I am actually on the land of the Coast Salish people we're with back. Karina in person. Yay,
1: we're back. We're back in, we're the, back studio. in the studio. So um, those of you who are just coming on board and joining us, thank you for joining us as a new listener. If you cut the last two shows, then you cut Kirsten calling in. And I'm like...
0: Karina's sidekick when I call in,
1: you caught. Kier- I'm like a
0: special guest. <laughs>
1: caught Kirsten calling in because of COVID. You know, I did that for you. Thank you. The, I know how much you love alliteration.
0: I do. I love alliteration. I know. Oh my gosh, I'm crazy about alliteration. Just,
1: she just woke up when she figured that I did. out. I was like,
0: wow. Now I, you really have my attention. <laughs>
1: You're alliterating. I know, but it's. I love the subject. I love the fact we're going to talk about fear. And you know, of course, it was something that I said to you, Kirsten. I want to. And I don't know it's, they're always so timely, right? Like we pick show episodes because of whatever's going on in our own lives.
0: Or what we see going on in those lives around us. Yes. In the lives of people we work with or our friends or family, absolutely. Yeah,
1: and I was thinking about fear because of just so many things I think I see my clients doing or not doing Mm -hmm. that are based on fear. Mm -hmm. But I also struggle with this. I wrestle with this all the time. I have so many emotions that at the root of I have so many emotions. How do I even say that? There are so many things that I feel like I'm feeling and if I dig- have fear, yeah, I have fear at the root. And uh, so I'm super excited to dig into all of that. But before we do, Kirsten, you sent a really interesting article that I just want you to tell our listener about. Because OK, so
0: the fabulous Barbara listener, Barbara, again, who with adore. Barbara,
1: we're what? Dropping Barbara.
0: she's all over Seven, the place Second
1: episode in a row.
0: I know she sent me this wonderful article on self-care and it basically said, hey, and I'm going to put it I'm going to put it on our Facebook page or Instagram or somewhere so folks can see the whole thing. But it's like self-care is not pretty. It is not a bubble bath and a glass of Prosecco. It is hard, ugly work to say no to people when it's hard to say no, to think carefully about where you're spending your time and your energy. Um, I just thought, wow, you know, it was such a wonderful, like, just refresher about just the importance, what, what self-care really is. And it's about protecting yourself and your boundaries.
1: Yeah, I love that. Yeah. In fact, it, it was really akin, I think, to that self care episode we did a while back, which is like, you know, self care is not in fact, a political act. It's, yes, it's saying it's an act of rebellion. It's an act of rebellion. It's yeah. saying it's identifying what you want, being and doing the uh, and sometimes a hard, hard work of standing up for because it because the expectations of those around you, and certainly sometimes I think just the things
0: we perceive as expectations make that difficult. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'll put that on our social media. Thank you, Barbara. Yeah. And as I hope, always, I hope good tidbits all, yes, from you. I hope all,
1: <laughs> I hope everyone out there is, is practicing some level of self-care um, now always, and crafting a life where self-care is at the root, where you mm-hmm. center on caring for yourself. And I think that was the other part of this article is that it's not just living a life that's so frenetic that you need to escape from it with a bubble of bath. Exactly. It's living a life that's so authentic and care and in which you care for yourself so wholly that it is a daily practice. And And it's not a
0: self-centered practice. It is the practice of being able to put your own, you know, Put the put the air mask on first when it you're on the plane and it drops down. You put your oxygen on first so that you can help those around you or do the work that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, I loved it. I thought it was really good.
1: Here, here. Shout yeah. out to another listener, Lynn, who's been promoting the heck out of our we show. We just need to hire her. Yeah, she's she's like our single handedly doing all of our PR at this point. She just forwards it to all of her friends. So. She's unbelievable. If you happen to do something similar to that, CC us uh, in the email. Let us know that you're sh- doing shout outs. We'll, we're happy to mention your Name too, but
0: no. So grateful for Lynn. No,
1: so grateful. She's such a
0: she's just a dear and wonderful person and a good friend and big into lifting women up. Like that's one of her core values in life. Is how do I lift folks up? No, I lift women particularly up. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Someone who's
1: just getting to know her. Mm-hmm. Hey, speaking of shout outs, I have to do one more shout out <laughs> to some women who were very gentle and cared for me the other day at the oh, dentist office. Yes. Oh, my oh, God. Yes. I sent Kirsten a text. I went to the dentist. I had to two, have two fillings just redone, you know, taking out the old ones that were cracking, the ones I got when I was, I don't even know what, some kid, and getting new ones. And they leaned me back in the chair, and I literally started. Crying. You burst into tears. I burst into tears. Burst into tears. burst into tears. I burst into tears. I was just like every emotion I've had over the last I don't even know what two years just sort of bubbled up at the dentist's office, and the um, woman was a, the dentist was a woman, and the assistant or the what are they call dental, dental assistant, assistant was a woman,
0: or dental hygienist Hy- sometimes. I think she was the
1: assistant. anyway. Both lovely women who just immediately said, did not shame me for how I was feeling, did not diminish it. They're just like, what, what, what do you need? And so next thing you know, I got so much shit on my face trying to like, and what I mean by that is headphones with the calming music and the nitrous over my nose and the like, they even offered me a weighted blanket oh, I love so I would be comfortable. Blanket. So like, it was, it's so funny These just these women, I love being mm-hmm. surrounded by women who are caring for us and for each other and um, lifting women up. So. And to be
0: able to just kind of fall apart and say, well, yeah. let's, how do we prop you up so we can get this done, right? He totally
1: just let me fall apart. So all
0: of that. Who doesn't love a little nitrous? Come on. Oh, my God. It's like a cocktail party with no calories. It's so funny. It makes me want to go to the dentist so much. (laughs) I had gum
1: surgery with nitrous. I was like in heaven. (laughs) This is the best day of my life. I saw my kid very at a very young age with nitrous. They were pulling a tooth, and he was so riddled with anxiety. And I just looked at my husband at one point. He was farting in the chair, like the whole oh thing. Right? I looked God. at my husband and, and said, well, this is him at a this frat is party. who he is. This is him at a frat party. Just so. fast forward 20 so. years. <laughs>
0: one of my favorite things is to pick up my daughter from the dentist after she's had nitrous or whatever. She is so funny. <laughs> I surreptitiously take videos of her and send them to our family. Family. Oh, my
1: God. Those are all over the web. You can find them anywhere. All right. We got to keep okay, on. We got to move fear. on, though. We got to get back to fear.
0: Actually, the whole dentist thing really is a good um, segue transition yes, transition mm-hmm. into fear. You know, what are you afraid of? Yeah. What are you afraid of? How does fear help us? How does it stop us? What does it do to our brains, our bodies, our performance, our motivation um do we even really know what we're afraid of right yeah oh yeah. that's a big that's one a big i look one. forward to
1: digging into all of that thank you for bringing back bringing us, bring back, us back
0: to fear Being bring about- us because i'm all about talking about fear today <laughs> but
1: also we want to talk about fear at work which is you know obviously we're here to talk about women and work um but fear at work has its own special breed it really
0: does because the consequences are big Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to be afraid of jumping off a diving board and decide not to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's another thing to be at work and to be afraid of getting fired or to be afraid of not getting a promotion or to be afraid of taking on an assignment. I mean, the consequences of workplace fear are big.
1: Yeah. They're big. They're big. They're a lot bigger. Yeah. And they're harder to avoid in some cases. i I think I found this really interesting. I know we've got some quotes on how much you love quotes, but I, I love to quotes. Just, like, you know, I'm crazy.
0: I can hardly wait to get to. Her. I'm like, when is she going to stop so I can read the quotes? I'm super happy about
1: the quotes. No, well, the one, the the one, one of the impedi- one one of the reasons I want to do the show is cuz I read this first quote mm-hmm. came across some mm-hmm. news feed, which is and and I started thinking about it, and I'll say it in a minute. I started thinking about it like what is behind that? So the quote is you miss. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. 100%. I thought, oh my God, that's so true. That is so true. That is so wise. And why are people not taking these shots? And it's for out of fear. Mm-hmm. That's That was sort of mm-hmm. the premise for me of, of starting to think about this, this episode. And I've come back to that a couple of times. Like, Karina,
0: this episode was your idea about fear. When you first said it, I mean, I think you'll remember there was dead silence on the line. We were on the phone and I was like, <laughs> and it was just like, I just stopped. But I know, just wait for it, Kirsten. Wait for it. Because I can get on board. Like if I just give my brain a little bit of space to be like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I got there. And now I'm super, literally super excited to talk about fear.
1: (laughs) What's one of the quotes that you like? Um,
0: Of course, I love the Stoic. right? Seneca, the Stoic. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality, Mm -hmm. which means we make up a bunch of you know what in our heads. Yep. That is, you know what BS. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is true. I mean, I think they're kind of the saying the same thing, right? You, you, you're uh, you're not taking the shots, so you're going to absolutely miss every single one. And why? Why are you doing that? You're you're creating for yourself some story in your head that is likely far worse than reality. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a We're really... so
0: good at catastrophizing.
1: Oh, I, oh my god, I am the best.
0: And sometimes you just have to we'll talk about that later. Sometimes you just have to really lean into that. Yeah, you do. Yeah.
1: So what can we talk about what fear is?
0: Yes. So this is. Can we do one more quote before we go? Because, you you know, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. So Nelson Mandela said the brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And there's another quote that I think is really quotation. If I say it correctly that I think is really. um, Articulates the benefit of dealing with your fear, which is easy choices, hard life, hard choices, easy life, Mm -hmm. which I think is a wonderful way of saying you know sometimes if we confront these hard things up front everything we get ourselves to ease meaning enjoy a lot faster mm-hmm.
1: i remember that one in parenthood by the way that quote that last one easy choices hard life hard choices easy life came from a tim ferris talk um tim ted talk ferris and that was his uh, Oh, that's I, a great ted talk yeah i believe one of his gurus that'll be in the show notes yep. too i remember kind of feeling like that as parents like parenting, yes. parenting young children. It's like, look, you got to do the hard work of setting the limits or boundaries now and then the and the behavior will pay and off then later.
0: exactly, you have far less work to do when the consequences are bigger.
1: Right. And yeah. I think that is true with the things that we fear. But what I found fascinating, so, so what I found fascinating about fear when we started digging into this is that there's a lot of controversy. About fear. About fear. And in, what it is. In, yeah, in the medical community or in the psych- psychology community. Scientific. Scientific. Scientific psychological.
0: Community medical, kind of all of the people that study us as humans, yeah, sociologists, psychologists. Yeah.
1: Because what we feel doesn't show, sometimes when you feel fear, it doesn't show up in the brain like you would expect it to, which I thought that was mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, regardless, though, there there have been a fair number of studies um, committed to fear. And essentially what I think folks in the scientific community can agree on is that You know, fear is like a physical and emotional response to some external stimulus, right? Mm -hmm. But we're really only afraid of two things. Mm, This is the part that blew my mind. Right. So if you really are looking at the brain and Mm -hmm. the part of your brain that's triggered by fear, it only lights up in the presence of loud noises like an unexpected crash and falling, falling. The fear of falling. So
0: let's just pause on that for a moment. Because this to me is incredible. So the things that I am born with, the fear I am born with is loud noises and falling. And where does everything else come from? Where Where do all my other fears come from?
1: Right. Well, those are called conditional fears. So those first two are called evolutionary fears. The ones that we apparently developed. Hardwired in my brain. Right. To help us survive but the everything else you're afraid of, everything else you're afraid of. uh, Science will tell you or um, folks who study this will tell you is conditional. Now, that is also controversial. If someone out there is a studies fear, I want to say that what I just said is also controversial because a conditional fear is one that you've been conditioned to be afraid of. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of studies to dig into this and we will do that as well. But not everything you're afraid of can easily be traced to some lesson you've learned in life. Sometimes it's because you've observed a behavior or observed something or whatever. Sometimes you can't really identify where the conditioning came from. I have
0: to tell you, I also believe it goes in your genes and your cells. Yeah. Like I know that's kind of crazy talk. No, it's not. But that intergenerational trauma... I feel like in some way, some of those memories are cellular.
1: And honestly, Kirsten, that's not crazy talk. That's also scientifically proven. Oh,
0: I'm good. See, this is when I love it when you dig into the research. I'm like, yay for me! No, you're so smart. <laughs> no, no,
1: there is so there is a lot to be said about generational trauma, and I don't know how it impacts fear, but generational trauma, I believe, is like six six generations later, you can they can still trace. Aversions the to certain things. Yep, and in change the the DNA, the DNA because yeah. of um, generational trauma. But regardless, the fact that we are only hardwired when we um, begin this life to fear falling and fear loud noises, and everything else is conditional, is phenomenal. And
0: phenomenally hopeful. It's such a hopeful statement. Meaning, if we have been conditioned to fear these things, we can condition ourselves out of these things. That's right. Right? There is like big... Capital
1: H-O-P-E, HOPE. Right. And you know I love me some hope. And that's the premise of a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the fact that so much of what you're afraid of, if you can identify it, you can deal with it. You can deal with it.
0: Okay. You said something to me when we were preparing for this show that I have been thinking about over and over again. And it is that fear is at the root of everything. Yeah. Like if you're angry... You know, I guess, you, you know, you said this, you said fear and love is at the root of everything. Yeah. But we're talking about fear. And so I've been thinking about that statement, mm. like when I get angry or irritated or frustrated, if I really follow that feeling, it was fascinating. I was like, oh, my gosh, it is
1: fear. Hmm. Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, if you can identify it, if you can identify your fear, then you can likely deal with it because it's most likely a conditional fear. I had
0: made a mistake at work. I'm afraid that if I make a mistake, that I will be bad,
1: right? Right. So your your initial emotion might be embarrassment or irritation or irritation or mm-hmm. anger or, or yep, sadness or whatever. Right. But at the root of it, it may be fear. Now, I was asked. I wasn't necessarily making a statement. I was saying, "Is this true? Like, do we want to believe this? Do we want to believe that fear and love are at the root of everything?" And I'm not. I'm not 100 sure I'm there, but I, I kind of have watched. It's an it.
0: interesting filter, Krina. Yeah, it's just an interesting way to look at the world and our own feeling and being. Right. And so what, uh, particularly at work, because, you know, it's, I feel like in some ways work is a cleaner space to sort our feelings Mm -hmm. than our home lives.
1: It's yeah, it's not always as messy as home right, right. We're noisy, right? It's
0: not always as noisy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so okay, so let's talk about this because
0: noisy in terms of emotional noise. yeah,
1: Yeah, Yeah. So conditional fears. I mean, I can think of I can think of things that I have been conditioned to be afraid of at For work, example? Absolutely. Um, oh, my God. A long, you know, starting a long time ago, I've been conditioned to be afraid of being offensive. Oh, or too, of course. Right? Like too big, too, too big, big for my britches, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. too big in the room, mm-hmm. too opinionated. Mm-hmm. And why am I afraid of that? Because I've gotten c- negative responses from people around me. So you could be excluded, yeah, because of
0: that. Because you offend people, you might get excluded. Yeah, they don't like me. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or I'm not acceptable. Mm-hmm. My behavior is not feminine enough. I'm not a good, which means good you're girl. not
0: in the group, right? Which means you're not socially accepted. That's and we right. all know that we're so fundamentally tribal,
1: right? Yeah. So that fear of being so. It, what's interesting though is like, yeah, I'm afraid of offending someone. But really what I'm afraid of is being, being excluded. excluded. Mm-hmm. Of not being part of the of being, mm-hmm. you know, outed or othered. Yeah. Um so that maybe that conditioning was good. You know maybe maybe it made me a better communicator. And maybe here, it made me
0: here we transfer, you know, this is a great transition or transfer into sometimes fear is really good. Positive impacts yeah. and sometimes fear is really negative.
1: Well, before we go, I mean, I, th- yeah, absolutely. That is so true. It, that one helped me, like I said, help shape me. I, I, I feel like mm-hmm. I'm a, easier to be around. Well, that's good. I got good signals. I want to be included. I, you know and i'm sure i have irrational fears as well but i'm curious what you're afraid of. like can you think of something that you're that you've been conditioned to be afraid of
0: oh my gosh so i have some of that which you just articulated too big for my britches too loud too whatever too strong blah, blah, yeah. blah. but for me you know everything really boils down to this simple super uninteresting boring statement oh
1: perfect Bring right it on. it's it, it's
0: like <laughs> oh really kirsten um i am afraid of being bad of hurting somebody of making a mistake of doing something bad and then being excluded being abandoned being alone I mean I can take almost anything bad that happens to me or any negative feeling I have and go down that rabbit hole it's like my poor brain has one groove it keeps playing the same groove the good news is I don't play that very often yeah but if I'm playing it man that's the song I'm playing but what you've said this it's a
1: refrain you said over and over again <laughs> it's the core you you said you're afraid of being bad and I, that, bad. that is an interesting one because i don't even know what that means um i'm a bad person because i haven't taken care of
0: something i was supposed to take care of i haven't you know satisfied my responsibilities i haven't done what i said i was supposed to do i haven't met somebody's expectations um i've done something wrong that's hurt somebody anything. I've been, I have been—I was short with somebody. I wasn't as kind to somebody. I mean, I can go on with the refrain. I know. Karina. I
1: can't believe it. And those are all bad. When bad. you do all that, that's bad. Mm-hmm. Bad. And if you do that, you will be excluded. So- excluded, in some way. abandoned, left alone.
0: Can't count on anybody. Nobody's there to help me. I mean, come on. That's it. I mean, this
1: is fascinating and painful I want to throw the rest of this the uh, um outline of this show out the door and just explore this with you I am not kidding because I it's a good way to defer attention away from me because you know I don't want to be talking about my shit on this show but I'm also so curious because what you just said is like holy crap what's interesting is Mm -hmm. that fear might also be at the root of again that the positive stuff, right? Your oh, service, absolutely. your attention to yes, detail, your yes. willingness to engage, my wanting to
0: step up for people and be a care and, and you know be a good friend and a good caretaker. No, absolutely, that's absolutely both. It's both,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. But the piece, but knowing what you're afraid of—that's what I'm saying—is like I feel like figuring out or knowing what you're afraid of is one of the very big, powerful, powerful
0: keys. And by the way, like when I sit and settle down, I'm like, you know, I know I'm not bad. I know I'm a good friend. I know I'm a, you know, a careful lawyer. I know I'm a competent professional. I mean, I, I know those things intellectually, right? It's yeah. just the little, you know, the record player, the one groove I have going with the one refrain right. over and over again. Right. Right?
1: right. And what, but, but where it tr- flips into like where it can be negative yep. beyond sort of Motivating you to maybe do do things you don't necessarily have time for, overextending yourself or creating conditions Mm -hmm. in your life, it can have all you know. Fear at its very, especially if you are afraid of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. If you experience this emotion, you know, over and over and over and over and over and over again in your day, it's life sucking. Yeah, it can impact your physical health, your memory, your mental health, etc and um let's not
0: gloss over that yeah let's not gloss over what the feeling of fear does to us yeah okay because i think this is particularly important at work frankly yeah I really do because that's the place we're supposed to be performing it is true we're not supposed to be sitting on the couch eating bonbons <laughs> sitting on a brown couch wait i'm are laughing up the brown- <laughs> i'm laughing because i brought i brought out bonbons for the for people that i work with today and i was like hey when people say we're eating bonbons, you can tell them absolutely we are. Anyway, the point is, it's challenging at work, right? Yeah. So when yeah. you have fear and your, you know, your physical health is impacted by fear, your your heart, your heart changes and your blood vessels, you know, we hear people getting ulcers at work and what stress does to your health, blah, blah, blah. So really impacts your physical health. Fear also impacts your memory. Your memory sucks when you're afraid.
1: Oh, this one I thought was really interesting. And again, I think we're talking about like... When you are in a situation, yeah, we, like situational fear, like mm-hmm. you're in a situation where you're feeling fearful. You've been thrown in front of a group of people and you have to make a, you know, speech. You've been given a task that you are not necessarily qualified for and you have or to perform. Or you don't perform. have the
0: support that you need to or the time or yeah. something.
1: You're, you're working at the front desk and you have to tell every customer that comes in the door to put their mask on. Yep. You know, like you're really in a place where there's some genuine fear for your, whether or not, you know, You've dug in deep at the root of it. You know you're in a situation where you're fearful. Your brain processes information differently. So not only does it impact what you meant, what you remember, you're actually not able to make rational decisions in a way. All of that big meta functioning of mm-hmm. your brain shuts off. I thought what
0: was interesting about that is that it really affects your ability to kind of perceive nonverbal cues from people around you, to process and regulate your own emotions. And here's what was also to act ethically. Oh, really? I missed that. Yes, to act ethically.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so can you imagine someone who's in a situation where they're fearful? And all of a sudden they've been stripped of the ability to act rationally even ethically it's
0: so awful i mean you just think about it you're like you can't win for losing man you're
1: afraid you're trying to figure
0: it out and all of a sudden all the tools you have with your body and your brain and your heart and your
1: emotions and your executive processing have just gone gone into the tank they're just gone it's gone well but i yeah so I, i think it's if you're in that situation it's It sucks. It's going to suck no matter mm-hmm. what you want to avoid that. And in fact, a little bit later in the show, I want to talk about fear based workplaces, because using f- fear as a motivation at work is really messing with your employees not really where we want to be (laughs) it's not necessarily we're not getting our ease meaning enjoy no you are not getting creativity you are not getting um, the good stuff the good stuff from there but i do think that on a personal level fear also is a signal right fear is a signal to us and if we can overcome it It can have some real positive things. Number one, fear is telling you something. So that's a positive. You get to learn a little bit, protects you from stuff that might harm you, but also builds confidence.
0: Mm -hmm. Because when you you manage your fears, when you overcome your fears or work through them, however you want to phrase that, it really can change who you are.
1: Yeah. I had a recent um, assignment from one of my clients. I'm actually doing a round of interviews in locally here with executive directors. And so I have to kind of put myself in a position of having one-on-ones with people I've never met before and asking them a set and not wasting their time and asking them a set of questions that I've devised to try to answer sort of a larger question that one of my clients has. And it's like, kind of stretching me a little bit. And I had a call recently with somebody. I didn't want to do it. I was very intimidated by this leader. They've been doing their work for a very long time in town. They run a very large organization. And I was like, they are going to shut me. I'm going to ask them questions. They're going to come off. It's going to sound like I'm wasting their time. And they're going to, you know, they're going to roll their eyes at me behind. Thank God I'll be on the phone. I won't be able to see it. And I had to confront it. And I tell you that day, it was one of the best work days I've had in the last couple of weeks. Because I, I forced myself to just like, get over it, Karina. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to probably waste their time. But even if you do, it's just an hour and you can get through it.
0: And it's not the end of the world. It's
1: not the end of the world.
0: So this is where I think that we come into, why is it that we spend 40 minutes listening to Krina and Kirsten talk about fear? Why, why do we do this? Why do we want to talk about this? Why do we want to deal with this? Yeah. Because I really believe this so fundamentally. When you confront your fears, it allows you to be all of who you are. Right. It allows you to play your instrument in the, you know, deepest, most meaningful, most fun way possible because you're not burdened by the weight of oftentimes what you have created in your own head. Yeah. Frankly, that's the thing about fear that makes me like so nuts is that it's all of this crap like the stoics say that we create in our in own, own brain yeah it's not reality yeah yeah and if we can identify follow to the core the fear what is it that we're why are we having this reaction is it fear-based what is it about what am i afraid of mm-hmm. then we end up in a place where we really get to be ourselves yeah Which, you know, that's what I want. I am banging my hand on my knee. That is what we want, to be more of ourselves.
1: That's what we, I mean, that's what you were saying last episode. We are talking about clothing. (laughs) And you were crying (laughs) about authenticity. It's so true. (laughs) I know. (laughs) It is. And maybe this is
0: like the whole point of our show, you know? This is
1: the point of this entire, of the the
0: podcast. No,
1: because, exactly. Because when you are, although, I mean, you're also authentically yourself when you're fearful. But but if it's stopping you, if it's yes, preventing in the way. you, if it's mm-hmm. getting in the way of your light shining, we want to meet, we want
0: to... I just, you know, I just love that, that light shining. That's an actually, I'm just going to call this out because, you know, I'm like the only Christian you know. That's such a Christian reference.
1: You're in the you're only Christian in This little in light of mine. I'm going <laughs> to let it shine. Come on, Karina. I love it. I love it so much. Okay. Back to fear. No, but that's just, I mean, that is just it, right? And so... Yeah. Knowing that, knowing that unless at work, you're afraid of loud noises or falling. Fine. Which are great. We want you to be afraid of those. Yeah. Everything else is conditional. So it deserves some contemplation. It deserves some contemplation and some work on it. Yeah. And it may be conditioned. It may be based on a conditioning that's no longer useful to you it's useful, no longer no
0: longer based in reality something you've made up something you're living with that doesn't is has no relevance anymore blah 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 blah
1: yeah exactly okay
0: so let's talk about i do want to talk a little bit about fear at work specifically
1: yeah so i alluded to a fear-based workplace i don't feel like we have to say a ton about that other than you know i do think Karina, this is a really good call out though yeah
0: because The fear-based workplace is really impactful and not uncommon. Mm
1: -hmm. And, you know, honestly, friend, if you are in a place of work where you have, like, ongoing fear, fear for safety, fear of harassment, like that is... That's like
0: exit stage left. That
1: is... That's
0: exit stage left fear. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, I mean, and there are some workplaces that are like that. Exit stage left as fast as you can, Uh right? Yes. But... There are workplaces that use fear of like being called out or shamed or fired or disciplined or having your compensation reduced or not being considered for for promotion. You know, those are those are tools that some managers use to. What do you want to call that,
1: Krina? They manage
0: think, well. They think it's going to be successful in producing high performance. Yeah,
1: they motivational tools in some Thank ways. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That was really. That was helpful. Thank you. <laughs>
1: it's like, oh yeah,
0: motivation. That's what yeah, I'm Yeah, no. Say.
1: And in fact, I think you can find some research that would point to fear as a motivator to a to a degree. It is counterproductive though, like I said earlier, if you're trying to get people if if the work has creativity at its core mm-hmm. in any way, shape, or form, if you're trying to create a con- inclusive environment, mm-hmm. if you want people to be able to bring their authentic selves to work, et cetera, et cetera. And what we found is people who operate in a state of fear aren't necessarily cognitively able to learn Mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. So it's a really kind of a messed up thing. It's like,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I think it really is very counterproductive. There was one quote from this article, and I'll put it in the show notes, that I love so much I can hardly stand it. This is like, I think this is as good as the stoic quote. What many managers and leaders don't understand is that emotions are not noise. They are data. And they are data about not only how employees feel, but also how they think and will behave. I love this quotation so much, not just for the workplace, but even for myself. Like, I even feel out about myself. Like, my emotions are data. Yep. 100%. And I do not have to do a backflip about them. I do not have to, you know, roll over and, you know, lash myself. They're data, yeah, data. They're so love, data. It's, it's a great quotation. Yeah. It's so applicable in so many places. And
1: so, if you're, if a workplace and a <laughs> manager, if or even as an individual, if you're seeing fear. As something you want to kind of stuff to the side and really get down to business, you're doing yourself, your coworkers and your workplace a disservice by not seeing it as data Mm -hmm. because that is truly what it is. But once you have the data, what do you do about it? I mean, I think that's the final thing here is like, okay, so I have these fears, fear of abandonment, fear and of failure.
0: Mean, now we're talking about the individual now yeah. as opposed to the, the, the fear-based workplace. Yeah. So what do you do as an individual when you, when you have taken the time to actually identify you have a fear? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Followed it down. I'm having this reaction. What is this about? Oh, I'm afraid of such and such. I'm afraid of so-and-so. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it, it, you know, again, People who have been figuring out how to uncondition, decondition people, mm-hmm. reverse conditioning. I can't remember what they call it. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. There was some phrase. It's been a while since I read the articles. But the number one most effective way to deal with fear is to deal is to f- confront it. Yes. Face it. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, you know, you think of an example of a spider. If you're afraid of spiders, it's not like we're going to throw a jar of spiders you on know, your Karina face. brings
0: up because she's afraid of spiders. I hate it. I know. I really so interesting. I'm like, them. really?
1: Spiders? No, I don't even think I'm afraid of them. I'm an, an aversion. I have an aversion. I was going to say, it. I think it's an aversion. I have an aversion. But my point oh, about okay. the spiders was that scientifically, the way that you deal with fear is by confronting it, but you don't confront it full on, head on, immediately. If you were afraid of spiders, mm. they would start by tickling you with a feather and telling you it's a spider and then showing you a picture of a spider and then eventually you're in a room with a spider right how do we do that with workplace stuff
0: well i have to tell you i really i'm going to include in our show notes the link to the tim Ferriss ted talk on this because this is my go-to method of dealing with fear okay and honestly i was doing it before i listened to the ted to the tim to the tim Ferriss ted talk mm-hmm. that's a ted. lot of t's <laughs> um so that i think is so let me just articulate what this is yeah. first okay so so you figure out what it is you're afraid of you're afraid of making this presentation and then i you you know he says you think of all the things that can go wrong yep i use the word catastrophize i love i'm it. like catastrophize what is the catastrophize the whole thing what's going to happen all the way from I'm going to get fired to I'm going to embarrass myself to I might, you know. Um, so we're talking about like we're doing a presentation. Doing a presentation, right? Doing a presentation under the circumstances I was talking about. I could get fired. I could embarrass myself. My coworkers might lose respect for me. Um, all of those things. They might not I'll think
1: f- I'm very smart. I'll forget. I'll have a coughing fit in the middle of it. I'll forget mm-hmm, what I'm supposed mm-hmm, to say. Like you're mm-hmm. really supposed to go through the exercise of writing everything done. you right. said to get 20. Get t- try to get twenty worst case scenarios. Twenty worst
0: case scenarios, and then this is the part that I just love. And I said this to a friend recently. When you go through this process, you have to have a good night's sleep, and you have to have like be hydrated. You cannot be physically like a wreck. You can't do it <laughs> yeah. because you cannot perform the exercise when you are compromised that way. Good night's sleep, a couple glasses of water, hit it right. Okay, and. Once you've catastrophized, your 20 catastrophizations. Oh,
1: Jesus, that's a good word. Isn't
0: that a good word? 20 catastrophizations. Um, You go through, like, what you're going to do about them. Yeah, yeah. Right? Prevent them. How do you, or if they happen, what will you do? Right? And what I encourage folks to do and what I do myself is I go back to the situations where I have successfully managed that thing that I am afraid of. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I remember my first case when I had to go to court, my very first case, I was so nervous. I was sick, sick, sick to my Mm. stomach. Like I did not think that I could actually get up, get in my car, drive to the courthouse and my legs would carry me to the courtroom. It was just like, holy cow for all of the record playing in my head. And then I was like, so what's going to happen? What's the worst thing that could happen? Well, I find out that I can't be a lawyer. Oh, okay. Well, that'd be a bummer because I spent all this time, but I know I have other skills. There's other things I can do. This is not the only thing I can do. So I basically went into court thinking, maybe I'm not going to be a lawyer.
1: Like you had and you had even accepted yes, that.
0: Yes, that, that was like that that was the worst thing in that moment that could happen. Like I knew I could if I got
1: fired, I knew I could get a job, right? I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. I can I would sell and close at Nordstrom. You could be a paralegal, but the or or all whatever. kinds of things. But Tim also says catastrophize and then prepare to avoid those catastrophes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So he was saying not you know, not only do you name these and then think about how you're gonna overcome them specifically, you prepare so you don't yes. have to overcome. Them. And those
0: are that those are the, that's really the first step. The part where I where I where I get to in my own brain is, what about the things I can't control or I fail at? Yeah. What's the worst thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, absolutely. Before I went to court that day, I had a really good night's sleep. I knew all of the cases. I was really well prepared. I had consulted with our senior partner about what I was going to say, and I had expressed to him my fear, and he was like, "Oh." You can do this. You just need to go do it. And then he said, You don't forget you were the moot court, blah, blah, blah. When you were in law school, you know how to speak in front of people. It's just the consequences are higher because it's not pretend. Yeah. Which was super helpful. I was like, oh, I could do when it was pretend. Certainly I can do it when it's for real.
1: Yeah. So you picked, yeah. Yes. So awesome. So you looked at, so in that case you prepared for the worst or what the things you were afraid of. Mm -hmm. You figured out how you're going to mitigate them if they happen, Mm -hmm. which is
0: Tim's deal. And then I figure out if I can't mitigate them, what am I going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do
1: about it? Mm -hmm. He also suggests then after you do all of that, then you do another list. I love this, part. which is like, well, what's the benefits if you do this? And yes. You, Why uh, would you do this? And you, if you have a, a, a par, even a partial success, like what's a, what's the a benefit if you succeed mm-hmm. or even partially mm-hmm. succeed and make that list, which he says like builds your confidence and builds your skills and and kind of really has you think about not only what's the worst case, well, what's the best yes. thing?
0: And for me, it was I really want to be a lawyer. I really want to be able to do this. I yeah. really want to say that i can accomplish this right yeah. i want to help this client mm-hmm. right all of the things that i wanted to do to go to court that first time
1: yeah and in that case again the thing you were afraid of part, if you had succeeded you were also gonna you know feel better about yourself and I have more
0: confidence with the next be thing able to that say yes to the next yep, big thing yep. Blah 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 yeah right and here's the thing too i could have pushed that case off on another lawyer Mm. I could have said, hey, you want to take this or go to court? And if I had done that, if I had not taken on that, that, that assignment, that case and taken it all the all the way through, Mm -hmm. I think that I would have for I I think it would take me a really long time to build that skill if I ever did. Yeah. And I don't go to court anymore at all, but I can and I could if I wanted to again. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. But it was very clear to me that if I gave the case to somebody else, like I would be like I would be like cutting off my arm. You know, That's I a, would be like I would be disempowering myself. It's like a yeah, it was like a pivotal moment in mm-hmm. your career and you knew it and you were mm-hmm. able to and see And I it. was scared, stinking like I could hardly breathe. I was so scared. Like, I am even thinking about it right now, how scared I was. Oh, my God, I was so yeah, scared. You have heart palpitations. Oh, yeah. I just feel it in my body. Like, I feel it in my chest and up through my face and into my eyes. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: You know, when you – I'm sorry. You're, I'm going to let you take no, a breath I'm super and I'm going to over here. I'm glad I over experienced here. that because I was like,
0: oh, gosh,
1: I was so <laughs> afraid. Well, one of the things you just said, that pivotal moment, what we were talking about, you're mm-hmm. like, I knew I had to do it. That's kind of Tim's third that's thing. That's the third thing. Exactly. Is figure out what is the cost of inaction. Mm-hmm. So. So to recap, you're catastrophizing and then preparing to like avoid those catastrophes. Second step is make the list of what, what's, be, the, what's the benefit, what's the upside, what's the upside of upside? doing this? And then the third thing is, what if you don't? What's the cost of inaction? So again, first thing is, if you do it and fail, what's, what's the worst that can happen? If you do it and succeed, what's the best that can happen? And then what's going to happen if you don't do it at all? Yeah. And really, I think he does that. I don't, you know, I don't think that the goal is to convince yourself to go to overcome the fear. It's to get as much data as you can to make a rational decision
0: to move through. Whatever the situation is. And you can decide, like, there's plenty of situations. I, I, you know, I pull the eject button. I stopped water skiing a couple of years ago because of fear. When I went through the exercise, what is the upside? I was like, Nothing. There is no upside for me to be slung <laughs> through the air at 30 miles an hour. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm afraid. I don't want to do it. No upside. Done.
1: Yeah. There's times when you're just like, I'm done. Yeah. And so, again, you went through the exercise and you decided
0: your fear was (laughs) rational. Right. And that there was nothing positive for me on the other side.
1: But there are a lot of things that we fear at work career wise, making that career move, talking to your boss Mm -hmm. about something. How going out on your own. I speak for myself. You know, when I went into this, like starting a new business, changing careers, even things like you know, um, going for that additional certificate, you're you know, afraid of failure, afraid of taking a test or mm-hmm. looking silly and you know, or whatever. Um, Can I
0: go back to school? Can I really do that? Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. It, and, and so there are so many fears that this exercise might help to sort of um, at least dissect. provide
0: some clarity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I just love clarity, move through the data, get the information, get clear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And again, because the only effective way to manage or deal with a fear is to confront it, but you need to turn off the irrational part of your brain, Mm -hmm. irrational part of your brain, Mm -hmm. and let the rational uh, part of your brain take over. And really, this exercise allows the time and space to do that. To bring
0: consciousness to the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, fundamentally, like I said in the beginning, it's like we just, Get you to be more of your whole self, right? Yeah, and that's where I think the ease, meaning, and joy is.
1: Absolutely.
0: And had I not done that thing in court, you know, all those years ago, I know for a fact I would not be as satisfied with my professional life.
1: Yeah, that's a great lesson to such l- a good leave lesson with, so think. early on.
0: Yeah. Thought I was going to vomit, but I survived.
1: Yeah, you made it through. <laughs> and I, I have to say one of my favorite quotes uh, I'm going to spring on you is one from a, an old coworker, Rebecca. And she used to say to me when I was afraid of all kinds of things, she'd say, Karina, we're not transporting human organs here. No lives will be lost. It's going to be okay. You know, and it's like putting that fear in perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, you're right.
0: I'll say no one is bleeding and you know, shout out to those people who are dealing with people who are oh bleeding. good. Right. Yes. Bless you.
1: Bless you. Bless
0: you, friends. And,
1: um, for the rest of you who aren't dealing with bleeders or oh human organs, uh, <laughs> we just so badly want you to have, well, we want everyone to have an ease meeting yeah, and joy and we want you to uh, take the time to think about it, think it through, think it through and confront those fears. Because there's some interesting, there's some interesting good juju there. There's some good data there's in there. Some good data, good data in there. Thanks for listening, Thank friends. Thank you so much for listening. Take we'll care. See you in two weeks. Bye. Krina and Kirsten, get to work. is recorded and produced by yours truly, Karina Hoyer and Kirsten Barron. Find all of our episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, on our website. Or email us at yougettowork at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.